but I was kind of actively seeking inspiration and kind of threw out into the universe, like, what's, you know, what direction should I go? And I, I got what felt like a really clear message, make your art big. It just like popped into my mind and it felt really compelling and urgent, like so much that I went and found a notepad and wrote it down and and it said, make your art big. And I was like, what does that mean? Do I need to get a billboard? This is episode four with street artist Wokeface. Have you ever wondered how do artists come up with ideas for their next painting? How do CEOs disrupt industries? How do chefs combine unexpected ingredients? Where do leaders find their strength and courage? Well, you've come to the right place. Magical Humans is about to make you feel seen and connected on a whole other level. My name is Vania Vananina. I'm an artist and creativity expert, and I am on a mission to talk to extraordinary people about their creativity, failures, wins, and everything in between. My wish is that these magical humans inspire you to take the leap and lead a creative life. Wokeface, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> me too. I cannot contain my excitement. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time. Me too. I mean, we've talked about things and all we're friends, but I, you know, there's so much, so many things that I want to know. I always want to know. I want to ask all the questions. I love talking to you, so I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. Wokeface, tell us, what about that name? What do you do? What, tell us, why, who, when, <laughs> Where? Um, the Wokeface project. I try, mm-hmm. I, I do, I get called Wokeface. I go by Wokeface, you know, because I try to keep mostly anonymous uh, in this project. But I, but I think of it as a project. Um, and it began in April 2016. I was previously a graphic designer, artist, freelancer for others, um, for like clients and businesses. And I was feeling kind of depleted myself creatively. Like it wasn't really giving me fulfillment to make, you know, logos and for other people. Like I, I enjoyed it for a while, but I was kind of actively seeking inspiration and uh, kind of threw out into the universe. Like what's, you know, what direction should I go? And I, I got what felt like a really clear message make your art big. It just like popped into my mind and it felt really compelling and urgent, like so much that I went and found a notepad and wrote it down and and it said, make your art big. And I was like, what does that mean? Do Mm -hmm. I need to uh, get a billboard? Like, like literally make (laughs) it big? Like I had no clue. Um, So this was like on my mind for a couple of days when I was walking around my neighborhood and I spotted this wall that has lots of street art on it. There's uh, installation art nailed to it, wheat paste posters, stickers, spray paint. Like it is just this wall that's been co-opted. And I had noticed it. It's in my neighborhood. I've seen it millions of times before. But like that day, it just I kind of looked at it differently and suddenly was like, I could put something on there. Like I don't have to get permission. This is just like a thing that people are doing. So that like popped in my head to put my art there, but I didn't have any like idea or concept. And my background is all graphic design. So I like, I feel like my actual physical art skills are very like 
I don't know, rudimentary still. So I went to my sketchbook and was looking for something that A, was like at my skill level and B, was an image that I would want to put out into the world because I feel like symbols are extremely powerful, even on a conscious or subconscious level. So um, that was when I found the symbol that we now call woke face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, um, Which is, can you describe it to the audience? It, it, yes, it is a, um, a circle with uh, what looks like a smiley face that has closed eyes. And then it's got a third eye um, above the two eyes that is wide open. Um, and, you know, what this means to you or how you interpret it, like maybe different than what how I interpret it. It's kind of a malleable symbol that way but to me when I look at it it was, it was very like calming and that was something that I wanted to inject in my community so I already had like borrowed a jigsaw and had scrap wood for a different project and had paint like I magically had all the supplies <laughs> out of course, and ready of course at this moment that I had this idea so it's just like this culmination like no excuses and so I just uh cut out like 13 circles of different sizes and painted them and went over there and put the first one up on that wall and I screwed it in the wall. And like at that moment, it was just like euphoric, ecstatic because, <gasps> because I had put up a piece of art, walked away. There was no committee, you know, mm-hmm. no, it was completely. No jury, no. Yeah, it was my creation. I was not there for any criticism or mm-hmm. feedback. It was like simply for doing and walking back and like, anonymous like it it was just like there was no pressure to put my name on it yeah it was just purely art for art and and it's so powerful it's powerful yeah it was so powerful and like I hadn't experienced that in a while or like since I could remember really like to to just do something for the doing um so that was like an addictive feeling and so I I started putting up the other ones and the same day um yeah that same day and over the next week or two I put up the rest of them and I was taking photos of them and posting them like on my personal Instagram but but I was like ah my friends don't want to see this like they like <laughs> I felt like people would get bored of it like I I wasn't um I guess like sure how it would be perceived or cared so I was like okay I need to maybe make a separate art account for this. Mm. And so that was when I came up with the name. I was like, I just want something concise that like describes it in a nutshell. And Mm -hmm. to me, woke face was what it was. So I created that Instagram account. And then um, from there, like it was like my eyes were open. I started seeing my city in a different way. I started noticing all the street art and it wasn't just random. It's like the same people. So there was an internal shift too Mm -hmm. to that new art practice that you started there was you started like being more awake does that yeah absolutely like I literally like woke up it was like you know parts of my city that I walked through over and over and over again daily not noticing the art that is right in front of me every day and then all of a sudden now it was like a light bulb like I saw it and felt so like connected to my city in a different way and Mm. I noticed that the artists that I saw like it wasn't just a random hodgepodge of artists it's like the same people there's like a community of artists yes. so I suddenly was connected to that and that's just like it has it has uh, grown from there mm-hmm. from that moment when you got that universal telegram of like yes make your art bigger or big how long did it take you from that initial thought that came into your mind or feeling mm-hmm to when you screwed the first uh, woke face to that wall? Um, 
less than a week. It less was, than a week. So yeah. you were pretty, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately like felt this uh, motivation and drive to do it materialize and then you found all the tools so it was definitely meant to be yeah yeah i am so grateful yeah if i had had obstacles like if i hadn't borrowed a jigsaw from my father for a different project like like there's a lot of things that like if it hadn't been just there then i maybe maybe it would have been too much effort for me and i would have like not done it but you know i i think i believe we get this universal winks or winks from the universe where it's like you have this idea or this dream and go on and do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that um, these like ideas are like bubbles floating around and like they'll come to you and they'll be like, will you make me real? Oh. And like you can say, you can say no. Yeah. And it's okay to you say may. no, but it will find the next, it will keep asking people. Will until you make someone... me real? That's so <laughs> sweet. Wow. So you said you have a, uh, graphic design background mm -hmm. what what were you as a kid did you were you an artsy kid did you know when you were a teenager that you wanted to get into graphic design or what was I was definitely an artsy kid like when I was when I was a young kid you know when you're like what do I want to be when I grow up like I, I wanted to be an artist or be a teacher so I, I I always veered towards art like I'm not very good at numbers or mathematical or logical thinking although that has integrated more as I see how it actually applies to me um, for your business for well yeah like for having a business you yeah. have to be on top of numbers but also just like geometry mm -hmm. um and 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 how like fractals and geometry are like so much part of like they are us and our world and like that influences my art and it yeah there's the cycles and Yeah, there's just so much math integrated in life that does, isn't exactly like multiplication tables, you know, yes. but it is, but it's still math and like structured in a way. So, um, logical more, thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested in like that side of it. But yeah, growing up, I was more interested in the creative stuff. I guess I, I'm, I'm learning the older I get. I'm 35 now. And like, I, I feel like I'm connecting more and more with my child self. Mm -hmm which is like, feels more authentic. That is my same experience with your art. It makes me, the first time I saw it is like, <gasps> like I just felt something inside of me and it was, it was magical and it was joyful. And I felt this childlike curiosity. And even though I appreciate your art now as an adult, but it, definitely connects me to my inner child it is playful it's fresh and then we love bright colors we have that in common so it's like yes it makes me feel alive so it makes sense that you you know the artist the creator of this beautiful work are also you also feel connected Yeah, I will. I feel the same way about your art. Aww. Like it's so it's so bright. And the other part of your question about the computer and graphic design, I I was also like really interested in the internet and computers from an early age. Like back when my my family had like AOL when you were buying it 30 minutes at a time yes. and I could get like five minutes after dinner every day or whatever. <laughs> I was like getting on it and like I built my first website at 14. I taught myself HTML and was like just like really diving deep into that. So which I've seen like both that the art background and like the computer interests like culminate in what yes. I'm doing now. So what happened after that first week of installations? 
what has been the development of the frequency of your installations? Are you still using the same mediums? How did that evolve? So I kind of mentioned before that I made the separate Instagram for Wokebase, and then I discovered that there was a community. So um, underground community or just like the art uh, community? Well, both. There are a lot of art communities mm. in Portland, but there is like a there and there's and the street art community itself is multifaceted because there's different types of street art. But there is a large chunk of like sticker artists, wheat paste posters and installation artists that are very active on Instagram as well. So I started um, adding all those people, following them and which led to meeting them. And uh, everyone kind of has their own specialty or interest. And, and as we met each other, um, collaborations started happening. Like oh, one artist, um, he goes by 8-Bit Zero. He makes like video game art and pours resin coating. He does it out of wooden coating. Oh, yeah, like Pac-Man and Invader. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen. Yeah, Yeah. so like he taught me how to pour resin on my pieces, which makes them like they're they're based on wood. And then I paint the uh, image on them with acrylic paint usually. And um, that's what I had been doing. And he taught me how to pour this clear epoxy resin on it that makes it have a nice, shiny, glossy coat. And And also weatherproof. um, Yeah, it's more it's more resilient Mm. for sure. And I just think it like looks more like a finished piece. Like once I did that and it was shiny, I was like, whoa, Whoa. I can never go back. (laughs) Like This is how I want it to look. So it's like that never would have happened if I hadn't like started meeting my people in the community. Another person he, oh, oh, his his art name is Deep Magic, um, mm-hmm. but he taught me how to screen print. He was like, hey, I like your designs. Do you want to learn how to screen print? And it's like, I never would have, like, learned these things on my own or, or uh, I don't know how long it would have taken me. So, like, that and, like, doing artworks with other people, like, slowly – well, not not really even slowly. It was very quickly, like, got me really passionate. Like, it's because I like a lot of uh, variety. I thrive on variety. I get really down if I'm, like, stuck doing in, in a rut. I need mm. to, like, try a lot of different things. So it kept me very excited. So you're always working on different things yeah. at once? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been that way. Like, I always have a million balls in the air. And, like, I'm learning, you know, learning a lot more about time management now. But, yeah, that just kind of made me passionate for what I was doing and like all the different directions I could take. And that passion steered where I wanted to be spending my time. So that kind of led me to doing it a lot more frequently. Mm. And it kind of... You were craving that time instead of being like, oh, the computer doing your work. You're like, no, yeah, more art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I had like I mean, it's kind of related, not maybe, maybe not, but like I um, decided to take a break from alcohol like mm-hmm. a few weeks before I had this idea of doing woke face. And then now, like, I had no interest at all in going out to a bar or like engaging in any of those activities, which is like no judgment on it. But it was like suddenly I had for like, you, it was a big change. Yeah, for me, it was a big change. It was like I have all this time, like, I want to be productive with it. I have like, a long list of things I want to accomplish. Um, and then just by virtue of like, w- that's where my passion is. That's where my time has been spent. Mm. And as Wokeface kind of grew bigger, more people knew about it. Um, you know, people were like, hey, I want stickers. I want shirts. So then I started selling stuff. And so you started making merchandise out of people's demands. 
Yeah. Like not people demands, but like out of the demand your audience had. Yeah, I wasn't I didn't start it with any aspirations to profit off of it or um certainly not have a retail aspect. I don't mm -hmm. that's not my background or or necessarily my interest. Uh like I'm I I have a lot of like ethical and personal like issues with capitalism and like participating in it, but at the same time like I my passion is to um promote um self-love and positivity and i think that which this, is a great message i think this symbol is really powerful so any vehicle that i can do to get it out there like i want to so that's yeah when people want stickers yeah i was like yeah Let i want to make this them. accessible to you sure and In, it's my background i like doing i like creating things and merch and like packaging and you're so good at it well, thank bookface you. has this amazing patches and tons of stickers and her art pieces of art not only the in installations but the art she makes for her shows it's it's really fun and fresh and she has t-shirts and beanies if you follow me on instagram or if you know me in real life you will notice that in the last two years i've wore this <laughs> uh, neon green beanie with a pom-pom that has a third like a an eye and it sits on top of my two human eyes and <laughs> I'm wearing it all the time so that is that that the artist behind that cool beanie is woke face and it only makes sense that people I mean if I think of me as a collector of your art as a as part of your audience as a consumer I want to have more woke face in my life. You know, like my keychain <laughs> is a woke face watermelon, a woke watermelon, my mom's, my brother's keychain. Um, we have your, your art here in my house. It just, it makes me so happy. And I am one of thousands of people that love your art and admire your work. So yes, more Thank woke you. face. Well, that makes me, and it still blows my mind that anybody like wants to buy any of it, but it's... Um... Yeah, I feel like I have like connected with my people through it. So it's it's it brings me so much joy to to see it making people happy. What was the shift from working? I mean, if you're a when you're a freelancer, you have to have clear communication with your client and you're bringing their ideas to life, especially if you're a graphic designer, you're bringing visuals to their ideas or concepts but now that you but and you know you you interact with you interacted with them either face to face or I don't know email uh, traditional freelancing but now that where you when you started making street art and you try to be kind of anonymous how has it been connecting with your audience and relating to people and knowing that Like walking the streets and knowing there's like your art everywhere on posts or um, signs or walls. I don't know. Like I'm I'm curious about how, how does it feel to be on the other side of a popular piece of art or work or project or concept? It's super surreal because I'm still me mm -hmm. <laughs> and I Good see, old human you. Well, yeah. And I see like 
I don't know, like there's been there's been people that have uh, met me and like I can tell they're like nervous to meet me or mm-hmm. they like they have them these ideas about me. And it's and it's um, it's weird to be on that side of it because I've been on the other side. There's like so many people that I admire. And, like, whole, yeah. And like, yeah, I fangirl for. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, no, I'm I'm still me. And like I'm that's why I try to like maybe distinguish between woke face as the project and myself as the person, because mm-hmm. I like don't claim to be all the way woke at all. Like I'm continually learning and making mistakes and like, I don't love myself every day. Like there, but, but the messages that I am projecting are, you know, tend to be more positive and I like don't want to misrepresent that I'm a positive person all the time. I actually feel like I was pretty goth and dark before I started making woke face and it has made me a lot happier looking at um, happy faces all the time but yeah it's yes it's, you are I guess that yeah to answer your question it's just like surreal and I try to be uh to really connect with the people when I meet them and like show my true self so mm-hmm. that I, I'm not like a mascot or something yes. that's like smiling all the time but <laughs> <laughs> just yeah you're human yeah and yeah and and being woke I think is not a positive all the time experience it's actually like a difficult experience to to wake up and see things in a new way and see new things or see things in a different way that have always been there. And that can be people, relationships, situations, objects, places. But when you are awake and you really take it all in with clarity, yeah, it can be sometimes problematic because you're breaking patterns. Yeah, and and I think you're also like reconciling your identity because like who are we but how we like relate to the world around us and what we care about and what we love and if like something there changes it's like changes everything yes it can be and sometimes you know even confusing and disorienting depending on the intensity of your experience but it's it's definitely something that see this is this is What I love about the Woke Face Project, it's a smiley face content with a third eye. And it's just, you know, it can be just like, oh, a cute little icon. But then it provides all this insight <laughs> into deeper conversations about existence and not to get, you know, too intense here, but existence and our perception and how we relate to each other and our society and that, you know, we see the world as we are. Mm. I want to go back to what you said that it can be uh, to be woke can be problematic at times what have been the specific roadblocks you've encountered with this project or doing art in this way or what controversies have sparked Mm. or conversations from your work that's a really good question and while like the the feedback and reception has been overwhelmingly positive not completely and it's mm-hmm. uh it's not i've i've had to learn that my art is not for everyone i grew up in the south where it was like instilled in me to like accommodate everyone be likable you know be nice to everyone and i i mean i do think it's important to be nice to everyone but like I can't please everyone and I've had to like come to accept that I've I've done some there's people out there that just don't like me or my art I got 
you know, messages that, you know, street art shouldn't be positive. I'm placating the masses. I'm, you know, creating a complacent world. What? And like when when people have sent me these messages, sometimes I will engage them and we'll talk about it. And I think they're always like caught off guard because they're trying to push my button. They, they're trying to get a reaction. They're not expecting like an actual conversation. And the ones that have engaged in me, it's actually always come out positive. Like I want to I want to hear other perspectives I think that there's room for all of it. I think that my art speaks to some people. I think that like maybe negative or 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 jar like other kind of horrific like I don't know what, what words I'm trying to pull, but there's like you know there's there's the gamut on the street. There's like my smiley faces, and then there's um, Scam, who's another artist that I really admire, but he puts up like zombie faces and mm. um and his stuff More is like kind of yeah art. yeah it's kind of like scary but it's like that's speaking to people too and like yes. they are both valid like yes. I don't think I think that there's room for all of it I did a mural this past summer in the Belmont neighborhood in Portland over a mini mart uh, the Belmont market and I helped priming yeah Vanya uh, was uh, <laughs> one of my yeah you helped me start that so um yeah and that was like such a cool experience um with all the people that volunteered because I did not get paid for that project, but it's in my neighborhood. And um, there had been an, a previous mural on it for over 25 years that was faded and washed out. washed out. It had been graffitied and then buffed. So it was like kind of like not just a shell of its former self. Mm -hmm. It was weird. Um, and it was lovable because it was weird. And it was like, had been there so long that it was nostalgic and familiar to people. And like, you know, the business owners were ready for a change. And I painted over it with like a very vibrant rainbow design with little icons on it. But um, also, can you talk, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no worries. Can you tell the audience how, because it's a, it's a really nice story what what's behind like they want they had been approached by several artists over the years yeah but they never follow through they fell through just they were like oh i want to paint and they were like we, oh yes tell us about what you want to do and then they would never come back and so this time there was a more organized effort yeah they were they were approached not by me but by the portland street art alliance who are a non-profit organization that um, basically coordinate projects with artists mm -hmm. and um, help facilitate those connections in um, seeking opportunities to beautify and, and insert art into Portland when they see a wall that like maybe is getting tagged a bunch and they're like, well, if a mural was there, it would get tagged less and it would beautify and add value. And so they'll approach business owners, like find those opportunities. So this is what they did in that case. They, um, they approached the Belmont market and were like, are you open to a refresh? And they were like, yes, but we don't have a budget for it. And, they, and so PSAA, I'm on their email list. Anyone can join their email list. Yes. They sent out a call to artists and um, said, hey, you know, this is this is what it is. Like, submit your ideas. And so I submitted a sketch and I was like, well, hey, if this is unpaid, I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to make it like my dream mural, like yeah. sprinkle rainbows and sunshines all over it. Like, I don't know. It's such happy mural. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it made me happy and it would make me happy to do it. So then I submitted it and the business owners chose it. And then it was my project from there. So I um, took on coordinating um, volunteer help. Yes. Thank you for that. And yeah, you were uh, so organized. There was a spreadsheet <laughs> with like the shifts and things. And you found a really good way to 
put up with the costs. Like so they so the business owners wouldn't have to they didn't have a budget. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah, and you I incorporated got... I think that was really good how you incorporated some brands in a you know, it was like a community approach, I feel. Yeah, I I, I, I was seeking sponsorship just to cover the supplies. It was about mm-hmm. $500 in supplies and all the time was volunteered. And I got, I, I approached, like I knew that in the, in the original mural, which I was trying to, in my own way, pay homage to, the original mural like had a picture of a wine bottle and I think a picture of an apple. Like it was- yeah, It said- Apples a, to Apples to Zinfandel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wanted to put some icons in it also. I didn't put apples because they don't actually sell apples yeah. anymore. They told me to change it to a banana. But um, but I was like, okay, well, a lot of people go to this mini mart for beer and wine. So I, I actually went inside and was looking for their what they were selling that had like the coolest packaging or something mm-hmm. cute. And then like- um, there was a and local I wanted to like integrate local and like one of the wine companies um union wine they make underwood wine and they have really attractive labels and good wine I've heard I don't drink anymore but um I contacted them and they were like super stoked they donated wine and gave me a little bit of money towards the budget and then um, PBR did the same PBR has supported the local art scene a lot here they have their own art division um they've been great so I made my own cartoon icons of of their products and put them on there and that covered our costs yeah and what I was saying before is like I got a lot of positive feedback while it was happening and and since um but there was also some negative people that felt like I had I don't know ruined a landmark for them or Mm. um you know Portland is like many cities but Portland is changing rapidly um gentrification, growth, um, growing pains, like a lot of beloved places are closing down and like places are getting raised for new condos and like cost of living is going up. So people are very like sensitive to that. And I think that they saw this mural change. It triggered that button for them. And like they took it out on me personally. And Mm -hmm. so um, I guess like the long answer to your question is getting these negative feedbacks has, and I I even got one this morning. um, Someone like wrote like a really mean comment about my art. And uh, it's like having the maturity to step back and like see what is actually hurting in that person and not take it so personally because I mean, my whole project is um, promoting self-love because I believe that we project what's within us. Mm-hmm. And so if you start with yourself, then Oof, you can that. project that love. And make that difference in your daily yeah. life. Yeah. And the people that are that are pr- promoting the negativity and wanting to hurt others, like they are hurting themselves. So to like try to find compassion instead of like, anger Mm -hmm. toward that um has been really healing yeah i'm learning like a ton of lessons do people immediately assume that you like meditate and are like super woke (laughs) and i don't know when they approach you either on social media or in person are they you know expecting this yogi i don't know what yeah i don't know i think some people do like i've i've noticed like people will i don't know apologize for uh anything about themselves so they I don't think meditate that, I, that they think that I might judge and like it's I don't usually once they meet me I feel like I can diffuse that but yeah I'm not sure what the what the idea about me is that's why I want to make sure that I'm being like authentic 
But also I want to keep my project about the project and not mm-hmm. really about me personally because that's part of like I don't know. It's it's, it's like it's riding the line because it is it is me, but it's like But it's not. But it's not. It's and it's bigger than me now. There's like, you know, people like I'm not the only one that puts up my art now. Like I sell street team packs and other people put it up and um people have make derivative art. Like I feel like it's it's grown bigger than me, which is really cool. <laughs> What has been your experience as a woman artist or a female identifying artist? A lot of people assume that I'm a man. Mm. which I kind of take as a compliment, like mm-hmm. not not be like in a roundabout way because um, that tells me that my art is not overly like promoting a certain gender or like mm-hmm. it, it's it feels more neutral that way. As far as being a woman, there's definitely um, most street artists are men. Mm. I feel like or it has been a male dominated. I think in Portland that is changing and a, a lot more female artists are and non-binary artists are feeling empowered and get and their voices are getting louder and I see this like reception and interest in um promoting those artists but it's been a male dominated um group at least on the streets and I think that some of them are resentful about the female artists but I don't know I feel like that's shifting very quickly I I don't encounter a lot of issues with that myself I feel very blessed to live in Portland where I think that um, people are interested in all genders of art like the art community here seems by and large pretty welcoming and open gender or non-gender conversation it's very big yeah in this city but also in the U.S. and in the world it feels like we're in the middle of a big shift yes big time yeah so I I'm very proud to be a female artist and um, yeah. I'm proud of you too (laughs) because when one woman stands up for herself or raises her voice or wins, she's doing it for other women, for all women. Yeah. So I feel empowered by your experience as an artist that identifies as a woman as I do. And, you know, this might not be true for everyone that, don't identify with this gender but it makes me fucking proud and Mm. and inspires me to make more things to get out there to be kinder to myself yes and turn to others because i too believe that everything starts from within you know ourselves and i really appreciate the self-love messaging that your art has that it's straight up and literally like be kind to yourself love yourself like there's you have stickers and art that you've put up on places that say that Mm -hmm. so be nice to you so you are just what this has been my experience I've been I don't know like walking and you know in my head with a lot of things and thinking about human things that I don't know like debt or work or many many things right and then I see a sticker random sticker that says be nice to you with this woke face it's it's not it's impossible not to like take a moment and appreciate life and be oh okay you know it's not a reminder and it's a 
cute reminder. Thank you. Yeah, yes. that's I mean, that's that's my goal. And it and it does that for me, too. Mm. Um, there's a so you are healing as you help others. heal. Oh, and... yeah. Yeah. These messages. I mean, that's where the motivation from the messages that I choose. Well, some of them pop into my head like that, like that universe divine, like mm-hmm. here's what you're supposed to write. Like I had that moment this summer when I was doing sidewalk shock. I got this message. And it was like, right, um, you are not your past. And I was mm. like, I don't know about that one. Like, I don't know. Like, I like to think things through for a long time, but it was just like urgent. It was like, write it. So I, Do wrote, it. I wrote it and like, I got so much like positive feedback from that one. Like a lot of people were like, I needed that today. Mm-hmm. Or I like, so I was like, wow, that was like an important message, even though I didn't like totally feel like I was sure about it when I was writing it. But um the, the messages that I get, like, I feel like they're for me. Like, I just feel like a conduit um, or that's my goal is to be a conduit to bring in, I don't know, whatever wisdom or messages somebody needs to hear for me and for others. And I'm not the only one. I've heard people say like, or I even a strangers or friends of mine uh, comment on a post, a picture or a piece of art. And they're like, Thank you. I need it. Yeah, there's a story that comes to mind is um, there's a TriMet bus driver or TriMet is our, mm-hmm. our bus system here. Um, and he sent me a few messages like he said that he sees my stickers or messages on his route. And like they've really helped him through some stressful times. Like he got attacked on his bus um, at a certain intersection. And so now he has like anxiety every time he's near there. And then he said uh, he sent me a message. He was like, I saw one of your stickers there and it's like it helps me through that intersection every time like it just brings me a feeling of calm and it's like did I have any idea that was going to happen when I stuck that sticker there like no but like uh it's so powerful that like people are putting their own energy into it and their own meaning and I feel like that just like amplifies it for everyone everyone yeah speaking about strengthening the community and being helpful and sharing your knowledge, I am so grateful for you because we had some weed pasting adventures. Oh yeah, last was it? I think it was last year. Um, was yeah, it? it was maybe almost a year ago, but some of them are still up. Yes, <laughs> and I'm not gonna disclose locations or specific <laughs> art, but it was such a thrill for me and a dream come true. That was your first weed pasting experience. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've done paper mache sculptures, but as a street art thing, like with pasting as a medium of putting art out there, it was my first. And it was just like, ah, like, <laughs> seriously, we were just like walking the streets and you were showing me all these tricks and things. And in turn, as you were sharing this with me, you're like, oh, so and so gave me this tip and it's so helpful. Oh, and this this artist mention this specific thing that makes a huge difference yeah. and I'm just like mind blown yeah but also you gave me an experience of a lifetime because it was I don't know um I've I had a big awakening in my life when I started appreciating or paying attention to street art it's something growing up in Mexico um there's a lot of art everywhere. And then as I started to travel the world, you know, I started to seeing more of it. But there was a specific moment in time when I started, when art, street art started providing me with specific feelings of, I don't know, 
fitting in or not fitting in or hope or tons of inspiration for my own art, empowerment, all of these things. So doing that was like, I don't know, it was the best. You're part so, of it. I thank you for that. Oh, it was really. my pleasure. Yeah. And I look forward to doing it again. I know we were talking about doing it again, but life life happens. I just it'll, wanted to it'll happen. I just wanted to say, you know, as you were saying, like being grateful to all mm -hmm. these other artists for sharing their knowledge and expertise, screen printing or merchandising, mm -hmm. or I am grateful to you because you've taught me many things through personal one-on-one -on -one hangouts at our studios or Online, when you've shared like, oh, this is how I pour resin, or this is a kind of paintbrush I like to use. Oh, you thank know? you. You taught me too, actually. Oh. Um, you came over to my studio and we did a couple of collaboration pieces. Yes, which I still have that we haven't um, finished. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's finished, but just watching how you play with color uh, is extremely inspiring to me and has influenced um, me to be more creative and experiment. Yeah, I incorporate that like every time I make art now, just just that hour that we spent together. And I think that's what's incredible about collaborating or doing art around others. The Portland art community, for the most part, is like very generous with knowledge and supportive. And I think I felt that I don't think that it's that way everywhere. everywhere. And I don't. I, th I think that it's so important to share like that's how we can we can grow and create bigger things. I don't think that like that giving away knowledge is ever a bad thing, honestly. I mean, maybe maybe there are some some like industry secrets or secret recipe or something yes. that you would want to keep. But like just like how to how to how to screen print or how to like test out paint swatches or how to wheat paste, like things that that you've learned um, that you can pass on that can help someone excel in their journey and like is not going to like take away from you. Yes, there's a proverb. I don't know, um, where is it from? It's this old proverb that says, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so sharing your knowledge, sharing the light. What has been your favorite piece to make do you have one that is like uh or like a series or something hmm, that's a good question I guess this summer uh was my first real experience is getting into mural work mm -hmm. um before that all of my wooden cutout pieces tend to be between like eight to 24 inches um so pretty small scale so thinking larger working larger has been Really exciting. You and I both painted pianos yes. this summer for a Piano Push Play project where they just gave us a donated piano to do what we wanted with. And that was a really cool experience. I had never painted on something like that. Yeah, yeah. that in, with that silhouette or three-dimensional mm -hmm. qualities. It was a, definitely challenging for oh, me. Was yeah. it for you too? Like Absolutely. all the sanding and yeah, it was, it priming. Was, yeah, it's, it's, it's all like the, the prep work to even get to the art point and it's like hard to... I don't know, pre-sketch something that's 3D. Like a lot of it had to happen just on the object itself and like letting go to perfection because I'm so used to like mocking stuff up before I start doing the paint. So to like give myself the freedom, um, kind of like op change the way I thought about approaching art projects and like I has influenced how I did murals after that, like allowing myself to take risks. 
Good. Do. Yeah. So I think like the large scale stuff, um, mostly murals in Southeast Portland so far, but yeah, it's those, those have been probably the most exciting. Cause just like satisfying to yeah, go bigger. Yeah. Yeah. It is. satisfying, <laughs> And like, I'm going big, like, yes. <laughs> So that that was, I guess, I feel like I did accomplish that original Good. message. That's cool. I didn't realize that till now. See, like it's just like, yeah, coming, coming together. Yeah. What has been one thing about your business, you know, since you started? Because you your art practice evolved into doing these installations and then people wanted, wanting merchandise and you started selling them on a small scale. And now you have... A lot of things that you sell. Yeah. What can you tell us about being an artist and having a business? Um, they are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> There's like so many artists that don't want anything to do with the business side of it. And I completely understand because they are very different. Um, luckily, I, I did have the background of being a self-employed freelancer for like 13 years as a web graphic designer, which is much different than retail. But at the same time, I had like the self-discipline and the budgeting skills already in place. So that's a big hurdle. I've had to learn a lot of truths about why things cost what they cost mm. and, and how retail works. I took a business class from Mercy Corps that really opened my eyes. And um, like in the first day of the class, they had us write like, how much do you pay yourself? And I like laughed. What? I laughed and then cried. Oh like, my God. <laughs> I was like, what? Like I let myself buy groceries, but there's no, like, I don't, I don't get paid for this. Like every, every money I make goes back into it. And like to, uh, that's been like a big challenge is, I don't know, look, looking at it from, you know, a, a business and like sustainable standpoint. Like I, I have reached the point now where like, I'm at capacity. And if I want to grow, then I have to delegate some tasks. Mm -hmm. I can't do it all myself. Like I started out screen printing every shirt, but the last couple runs of shirts, I've hired someone else to do it. Um, and now I get help packaging pins and patches and that kind of stuff. And like, I'm slowly like learning how to ask for help, which has been like a big hurdle for me because, you know, it's my vision, my baby. Like I, mm -hmm. I want to do everything and I control do everything, the process, but it's like, I can't like I, so that's been a big part of the process is learning how to um, delegate, accept help. And um, also like be a, an organized communicative person, like mm -hmm. we're, wholesaling my items in stores and working with other business owners has opened my eyes a lot to how you know everyone works differently everyone is at a different level of organized and like yes um yeah just all all of there's so many moving parts like mm -hmm. like I sell merchandise but like I also my basement is like full of packaging material and like where to store all these things like I like I'm growing I remember um, <laughs> when you posted about getting your own Dynamo, Dymo. Oh yeah, my the, label maker. Yes, and you're yeah. like, oh, my God, I've never felt yeah, this good. Was, this that is that a was the best movie. life yeah. changer. <laughs> yeah, that in itself, like just figuring out how to ship things was like a a huge experience. Like I started out going to the post office and being like that asshole in the front of the line that everyone with was seven like, packages and be like, I need to yeah, wait them all. Yeah, and then what? What is the cheapest option? Yeah, yeah, I was like taking. Forever and standing in line, and then I learned that I could 
print out my postage. And so I was printing it on eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper, cutting each one out, yes. putting the pack, pack, yes. plastic packaging tape. And then I finally wised up and I was like, oh, I can get sticker paper. I still had to cut that out. Time and is then, money. And then I got this label ma- thing that just spits them out. And it was like, oh my gosh. Slap, why, slap, slap. I should have done this a year ago. So yeah, I've learned like tools are really nice. Like, like it's, they are yeah, they... anything that saves you time because time is such a finite resource. It is. Yeah. And speaking about tools, what is your favorite tool as an artist? And what is your favorite tool as a business owner? Ooh, hmm, good question. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I was noticing the other day, like, how often I use a ruler. Mm. Like, I use a ruler all the time to, like, see, like, what does a quarter inch look like? Like, I'm constantly, like, yeah, trying to, like, visualize how what measurement is because I'm I'm horrible at like estimating things just with my eyes so um I say a ruler is one of the items that I like somehow use a lot um I mean Instagram is is been a giant tool for me as an artist and a business person Mm -hmm. remember my first solo art show um was May May 5th I remember you know the date yes because I I am really good with (laughs) dates and names and yes yeah so i did i did not really do any promotion for that show and you had other a huge turnaround yeah other than instagram that was the only way the word got out and like hundreds of people came like yes. i would say at least it was packed. yeah yeah and i was that day i suddenly realized oh shit like social media actually has like a real impact And like, I would not be like, now I still do some graphic design for clients that I enjoy, but woke face, like my art is primarily supporting me. And that is because of Instagram. It is the dream. It's I'm working harder than I ever have. I'm like, you know, good, but you're doing what you love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like not nearly like I'm not making as much money as I was, but like, but I'm so happy. Like, good. I, I wake up like, with so many ideas and like it's I feel motivated and like that is priceless you cannot buy that <laughs> so you can't so yeah I say Instagram has been a huge tool uh yeah that's that's been like the primary tool for just like connecting and that c- connection is what's um I guess connection is like the other tool that like I can't um emphasize like how important it is just to like feel connected to other artists, to the universe, to myself, Mm -hmm. like um, that drives everything. What was a toy you always wanted but never had? Actually, I was talking about this recently. (laughs) I always wanted one of those um, little cars that... (laughs) Does somebody else say that? <laughs> Every, like, three out of four. Power wheels. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I wanted a power wheel and never got it. You're only, like, the right size to ride it for, like... For so long. Such a sm- short time. So I understand why my parents didn't buy it. But, damn, those look cool to ride around. I know. Like, the first time someone said it, I was like, yes, power wheels. Because, like, I wanted one. Yeah. And then that was it. And then someone else said it. And Annie and I were like... Ha ha. Yes. <laughs> see, what does maybe that, mean? that is that is a common thread yeah. that ties us all humans. Wow. A power wheels. Wow. And do you think that we're united like 
in in our struggle that we never had one. I think or do so. I, do you think that there's two two kinds of people? People, the ones that had power wheels and the ones that didn't. <laughs> Please, if you're listening to this, we need to hear your experience. Let us know. Please. Uh, go to my Instagram at Vania Vananina and tell me, did you have a power wheels or did you always want it? A power yeah. wheels. Like, we need to know. We may have just, like, tapped into some thread of, like, oh, humanity. <laughs> we're we're going to create a, a whole new other podcast. Just, like, <laughs> talking about our traumatic childhoods without yeah. power wheels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. that I feel you. on, on a, Did you have a power wheel? No. <laughs> I feel you on a surface and super deep level. I also went at a power wheels. <laughs> okay, what is a moment when you feel magical? When, and I only get these moments like maybe once a month if I'm lucky, but it's a moment where, and it will come randomly. It often comes when I'm like sitting in traffic or something, but the moment when I can appreciate how everything before this moment had to happen to bring me to this moment. And when I am filled with gratitude and like everything just feels like it clicks, like, mm. yes, this is like a magical experience. This is like, it just feels like, like I just got my fingertip on the the pulse of the universe for just a moment. Yes. And then, uh, you know, it'll linger and like uh, I come back down to earth and like everything, you know, is like frustrating again or whatever. But it's like um, for that single for moment. that single moment, it's very magic. And then just like having faith and remembering that moment gets me to the next one like that. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I can also relate to that. Like just that single moment where everything It's perfect. What is your favorite word? Lately, my favorite word is pleasant. Mm. It feels good to hear the word pleasant. Pleasant. Share an unpopular opinion. Um, I don't like Monty Python. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. No, it's good. Like it to each their own. I don't actually like it either. Can you share a failure with us? Something that you fail at? Oh man, I fail every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like not not every art piece I make is is a winner or or has good. I well, I guess it depends how you measure failure, oh, <laughs> right? Like, I just imagine them like with trophies and like medals <laughs> and things. Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of times we equate like success with what sells or what gets the likes, um, and that's dangerous to to like wedge all of your to wedge, yeah to like, make things to make that, that sell instead yeah. of making what brings you joy yeah. or feels true to yourself yeah yeah because i would i mean in my mind like failure is when you like i don't know give up on or i don't know sometimes it's yeah. healthy to give up i guess yeah i don't sorry i took yeah, this question no, okay. in a really complex way but uh, it's okay <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a lot of times that I, like, spend time doing something that doesn't pay off in the way I expect it was. There's mm. um, there's failures that I've made at being mindful that have, like, when I was early on screen printing, um, 
I got a box of like $200 worth of blank (laughs) t-shirts and I like stuck them on my back porch planning to take them down to my basement. But then I got like, I just forgot about it. And then they got stolen overnight. And like, I would be like, okay, that was a failure on like being mindful or like prioritizing Mm. like what I need to take care of. And so, but like, I don't do that anymore. So like, you it, it was yeah. a success. I had to learn the hard way. So yeah, a lot of times failures are like learning experiences. Yeah. Like there's been um, failures in, in, or quote unquote failures in, in vending, like selling my stuff at markets, like not all of them. Um, like if I had done more research, maybe I would have found that they were not the best fit for me. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of the failures are just like not thinking things through all the way. Yeah. Or like when you, as an artist, print, make tons of prints or tons of t-shirts of how they sign and then they just sit there. Yeah. Because people were like, oh, cool. But they don't really feel that strongly about that piece and they don't like to buy right something. <laughs> there is not a correlation in my experience between like, Likes internet, and yeah, likes, likes and dollars or whatever. Like people can be very enthusiastic about something online, and then um, I'm like, okay, now it's available. Okay, for, go for, buy for it. Purchase. It's like cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's fine. <laughs> what is your favorite fruit? Watermelon, Woo-hoo! sandia, <laughs> sandia for the win. <laughs> Do you have any crazy travel stories to share with us? Oh gosh. Oh. Uh, is our kids going to be listening? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. You, can, you can be explicit. It's okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I have a lot of crazy cra- travel stories. Probably the, um, the, my biggest adventure was in, or one of my biggest adventures was 2014. I backpacked to Australia and New Zealand by myself with no plan. Like my, my plan was to like, trust the universe yes <laughs> that was my plan i i uh, was it a good plan it it ended up being very good but it was like um like i was literally flying to auckland with no plans for like i didn't know where i was staying the first night or how i was get, leaving the airport like i didn't have a plan and then like one of my girlfriends was like, oh, my um, my friend is in New Zealand right, right now house sitting. I'll connect you. And then he picked me up and like his house sitting gig was like about to end in a couple of days. And he was like, I have a week to kill. And I was like, I have a, you know, like, yeah, let's, let's travel. Yes. Yeah, so like I and my whole my whole journey was like that where like I would have to put one foot in front of the other without knowing if the ground was beneath it. And like every time, like just in the nick of time, things worked out every time. And like <sighs> I... It, it always worked out. And um, are you hearing these type A personalities? Things do work out. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 unnerving. And I wish I could say that, like, I, even though it was reinforced to me every day for four months that that the universe will take care of you. But you have to, like, release what your idea of, like, how it works out looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to trust that, that it will work out and not be too tied to what that looks like. Um, Anything funny? happened Mm, um, on that trip well you might want to edit this out after i tell you but i'll tell you the story anyway (laughs) because i don't know if it's uh promotes any illicit activity but um (laughs) i went to this beach town in um australia and like i was staying at a hostel didn't know a soul and um i met up with these people and uh 
Random people? Yeah, just random people. So one of them was a local and said he knew how to get some acid. So um, I, I hung out with this local and like a couple people I met with the hostel. We go out to this person's house. Like I don't I don't know them from anybody and like take acid in the middle of the woods in Australia, which I don't know if you know about Australia, but everything wants to kill you and everything is giant. Like there were like ants as big as my thumb and yeah, like I live there. Huntsman it's spider, which is bigger than your hand. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, yeah, like on acid, like, I can on, imagine. On acid, how. Yeah. And, um, but it ends up like being this, you know, mostly fantastic experience. And like, as the sun is rising, we go to this lighthouse that is on the, easternmost point of Australia, which means you're like the first one to see the sunrise in like the continent, mm-hmm. basically. We're yeah. on the furthest point and um, like right as the sun is rising, hot air balloons come up. This, um, But this, this is your imagination? No, or this, this, is, is, this is actually happening. Oh, and like, okay. But I'm like still like coming down from the acid so like everything is like ultra rainbows but there's like a real tree behind me of these rainbow parrots which are just wild in australia flying around me um like a a man comes out around the corner strumming a guitar like it was just like what the fuck is (laughs) happening like it felt like i was in like a joke yeah and then like so all of that happens and like this is cool and then i like wander back to my hostel and like the hostel I wasn't actually staying in a hostel I was staying I had put pitched my tent in a field next to the hostel I had paid <laughs> paid money to do that oh okay and I, I thought you just went to a random park no no they had like a camping zone and so I walk over um to like I'm mostly down from the acid that wasn't like an integral part of the story but it was yeah. still like um so I walk over to my tent and I see like my shit is everywhere what? and I'm like I'm like what Am I tripping or is this yeah, reality? Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, there were like um, random chickens on this property. I'm like, or, or turkeys, did they get into my <laughs> stuff? And then like the closer I get, I was like, no, someone has gone into my tent. Like a person has gone into my tent and um, like tried to like burglarize it. Yes. Like, like they had shoveled through it. And like that was the one night, like the reason I was able to do this trip was that I was working along the way. I had my laptop with me and this was like the one part of my trip where I, that night I decided to leave my laptop in my tent. And so I was like, Oh fuck. And, but then I look in like 20 yards away, I see like my laptop sleeve and I walk over to it and like the laptop was inside and I can, and I open it up and like, I can see that someone had turned it on and it was like, on a screen that was like password screen and and I had a, a line on it that was like if if found return to and it had my email address and so like I can tell that they like decided it was not worth their effort to try to yeah. like hack through that screen and I, I had only had the presence of mind to like turn on that password screen like a couple days before like I had been traveling without it so it was like thank god I did that okay so then I'm like in this this shaken state of mind where I just had like this wild adventure I've been up all night my laptop just got stolen but no it wasn't and actually everything (laughs) is here and so I like go to the cafe in this hostel to like chill out catch my breath and like as I'm like doing that I see this guy going from table to table and he's like um hey I like I won this uh free skydiving pass but I have to leave like I can't use it does anybody want it and so I was like okay so then I like went and were you just like legit raising your hand like hey I'll take it yes 
So like I like took it and like right away went to the skydiving place. I had never skydived. With your laptop? Yes. <laughs> I brought my laptop. I never left it the rest of the trip. But like, yeah, I took the laptop and all my stuff and like went to the skydiving place. And like it was just so surreal the whole the whole night and like how everything worked out and like wow very like two hours later I'm falling through the air and uh yeah it was that was probably my craziest day in Australia that is (laughs) one crazy travel story definitely (laughs) wow you made it safely yeah you it all worked out (laughs) it all worked out wow that's amazing (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of your stories and your unique insights with us. Where can people find you? The best spot where I'm most active is on my Instagram. My handle is at Wokeface, W-O-K-E-F-A-C-E. I also have Wokeface.com and I have a Facebook. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is what I am taking away from my conversation with Wokeface. Number one, pay attention to messages from the universe. They are going to lead you on the path to your next project. Number two, ideas are bubbles floating around. They'll come to you and ask, will you make me real? You can say no, and it will keep asking until it finds the right person. Number three, you have to have some sort of structure to stay on top of business. Number four, do not underestimate the power of your community. Reach out to people you admire. Most of the times, they will be open to teach you something new. When we share tools, techniques, and resources, we all grow together. Number five, know what makes you thrive and do it more often. Number six, do not take people's opinions personally. Your work might be a trigger for them from a past experience. Keep it light, keep it positive. We are all going through something. Number seven, sometimes it's healthy to give up. A lot of times, failures are learning experiences. Try to see them as such and take notes for the future. Number eight, trust that things will work out and try not to be attached to the idea of what that looks like. Number nine, you are not alone. Three out of four magical humans wanted a Power Wheels car as a kid and never got it. We see you. Number 10. Be kind to yourself. Or in Wokeface's words, be nice to you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you feel a little bit more inspired, more magical, more human. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show. Say hello to me on Instagram and tell me what resonated with you or what did you like the most about today's episode. If anything you listened to made you think of someone, please go share it with them. The world is a better place when we make each other feel seen. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I see you, I hear you, I love you. Talk to you next week. Bye. This show is produced by Annie Fassler of Puddle Creative with music by Megan Diana and cover art by Vania Vananina, that's me, and Maya Busby. Busby.